Welcome, 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 guys, to the Mentor Leah Show. Today, I have a very special guest, a newfound sister. We have really connected absolutely adore <laughs> her. And her name is Anissa Ismail. She's an author and a business owner. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I honestly appreciate it. Thank you for being here, my love. And let's talk about the connection, guys. We've tried to connect like three, four times now. The hustles. This is my last try, by the way, Anissa. I was going to call you. Back. Let's do this another day. Cancel. But I'm so glad well, we connected. Yay. So let's talk about actually how did you meet. Um, I remember okay. that uh mo sideways i know he hates that sorry like mo um Mohammed, yeah, yeah. shout out to somali sideways absolutely somali sideways there we go yeah always, always like oh you always go in dubai you know you need to um connect with anisa and i was like oh who's anisa and then he told me a bit about you and i was like yeah yeah definitely i will and then well, I, life happened and i think um yeah life brought us together and i was doing um yeah. i was creating a conference in australia and then you were added yeah. as one of the speakers. So that was super nice. And then I get to mm-hmm. meet you face to face. And honestly, guys, yeah. I spoke to her once and instantly we connected. <laughs> and I mean this, Anissa. <laughs> the vibe was real. Well, I agree. I honestly agree. I feel like I spoke to you one time on the phone. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, we were talking about the actual event. Yeah. So I connected with you online. But um, we spoke on the phone to just iron out some details for the event. And I felt so comfortable that like I was talking to my sister. Aww. It was so hilarious. And then we just knew we were going to click. Yeah, like Australia. I definitely and then, knew. And then Australia happened <laughs> and life changed. Likewise. <laughs> and how do you feel about Australia? Let's talk about quickly. What did we do there? Okay, quickly. So the conference, it was a two-day conference where we were um, talking. Actually, I did the panel discussion. Yeah a round table and I actually did a workshop about the importance of digital detoxing shout out to all the amazing people who came um but Australia was interesting for so many reasons (laughs) both professionally and personally but honestly it it allowed so many of us to kind of see not only the amazing things that other people like us are doing Mm. but also to kind of um have a bit of like I felt really inspired by so many people yeah. I mean I could to name a few was Dr. Ifrah, um, Mulki, Zach, Abdubasit like there's certain people that I felt like were incredible and in their stories you as well Ali of course how could I not forget how could I not forget <laughs> no, it's okay. but I just felt like just Somalis in different professions yeah, yeah. and doing amazing things Definitely. shout out to everybody that came and I think the nicest and then, thing was bringing everyone under one roof isn't it like that was, yeah. oh we all stayed in the same hotel <laughs> that was a whole different story not in the same rooms I mean yeah no but I mean like under the same roof I mean like all of us from different walks of life from different uh, countries and like, yes we're all Somali but like we're all raised in different countries and whatnot we work yeah and just coming together in one country for one conference for one purpose like to me that was mind-blowing like we were what over like 25 speakers yes yeah that's so cool um and it was so honestly it it was i think that that trip highlight and having that like at the beginning at the top of the year at the top of a very crazy year but having that like at the beginning of the year i think was also very symbolic to everything that we're doing and the movements and things like that because now 
we've left very synchronized and certain people can you know can can carry on their connections Absolutely. professionally even yeah. further you know yeah. so this is this is good yes 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 so yes let's get into this yeah Australia was amazing okay. and I think it was a really good start absolutely to the year and so many of us yeah. are connected and we're going to be able to work with each other in the future so I'm excited about that inshallah, inshallah. so tell us about you who's Anissa tell us this who is thing. <laughs> who is she um, <laughs> so um yeah as as she said my name is Anissa and I'm 29 years old and I am from London but I've been living in a place called Abu Dhabi which is in the United Arab Emirates and I've been living here for the past uh, nearly nine years now so I moved here 2011 um so uh I started off my journey by um working here living and working in the UAE as a teacher um, six years later, I decided that I wanted to go and do something a little different in life and um, kind of do something that I thought I think is incredibly relevant. Um, so I started a company called Kids Unplugged, where we um, try and provide activities, workshops um, for young children who have shown signs of screen addiction um, and just to kind of combat something that is becoming more and more relevant fast forward two years um i ended up opening up the world's first ever digital well-being center so we've grown into becoming the unplugged initiative um which is just genuinely just a social impact um company and we basically want to kind of change the community's mindset on how we deal with different um society problems that are all stemming from screen addiction so yeah definition also of, of boss women <laughs> i can't do it oh, oh and you forget you forget sorry, the book yes <laughs> book. so the so i wrote so um the first book i ever wrote was um how electronics stole childhood it's a parenting book and it kind of breaks down how screen addiction can affect a young child's mind and then some solutions that parents can use and then now I've just recently released um, a three-part series um, of my book called Offline is the New Luxury where we talk about how you can really create um, a sound life and a life that you are proud of once you start to um, understand why you know being online and all of these things can be a distraction so that's a that's what we're doing. Yay! Amazing. I mean, honestly, this guy, this girl, is the definition of boss. I mean, it, oh, guys. thank and you. There's so many, <laughs> you know, females that inspire me. But I recently you have inspired me a lot. Likewise, so... mashallah. Likewise. <laughs> and one of the things that I really connected with you as well that we have similar is the fact that we both moved when we was nineteen. Am I right? Yes. Well, yeah, I yeah. Just so, turned twenty. Yeah, yeah. You just turned just, twenty. Okay. So was it two thousand eleven? You said. Yeah, two thousand eleven. Yeah. When did you move? Like what month? March. It was March. That's so scary. Okay, so I moved to the UK December. Just, just putting it out there. That's like the crazy. same year, both of us. So I turned. So you're a year older than me. Um, yeah. I turned nineteen. You were turning twenty, right? That yes, year. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So I moved to the UK. You moved out of the UK. Out of the UK. Uh, yeah. It was yeah. literally my birthday was in February, and then I I just turned twenty, and then I moved. So yeah, oh, literally. That's so crazy. Cool. <laughs> so yes, let's talk about why UAE and yeah, yeah. first of all, just talk about why UAE. Why the UAE? So funnily enough, I had never um been to the UAE before I decided to move here. Um. Mm-hmm. But and at that you, time, guys, it wasn't on and popping like it's now. Oh, yeah. Let's make that clear. 
crystal clear. We have to make that. <laughs> it was not what it is today. Just so mm. you guys know, um, the UAE has changed, mashallah, so much. Actually, it's changed faster within the last um, five years. Okay. So, crazily enough, 2011 was the year that that they called the whole Arab Spring, Arab Uprising. Um, there was yeah. the conflicts in Libya, Egypt, and all of that. So, um, the Middle East was seen to not be that stable. So, ironically, having to choose the worst moment to move, yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't have chosen a worse moment to move. So, but alhamdulillah, like I think that it wasn't really why the UAE. It was mm-hmm. honestly anywhere but uk okay <laughs> that was what it was okay for you was getting out that's exactly was, how i felt too, just had to way. get out it wasn't really about the place i was going to it was just yeah. i just need to leave so yeah, when you yeah, have yeah. that type of like and you you definitely understand where i'm coming from that's it's right. a feeling that at that point you really can't put into a lot of words hmm. right so hmm. it's hard for people to understand you want the, a fresh the, start, you know. Right, you just want to right. Somewhere. Especially when we're so blessed. Here's the thing, right? So a lot of people think you need to leave somewhere only if it's trouble. Um, sure. And so people, even when I moved here, people were like, oh, you came from London? Why would you come from mm. London, you know? Yeah, and I yeah. was like, blessings come in different folds. And sometimes Absolutely. it is better for us to leave somewhere that might look like it's the best place. But if it's not mm. feeding your heart and your soul and not feeding who you are and your purpose, then it doesn't matter what it looks like, you'll never be settled. Your soul won't settle you know and this so that was why what I had we're to... connected girl absolutely <laughs> just just because we want to be uncomfortable like when you right. get too comfortable you get like right. mm, what am I doing absolutely what am I doing yeah, yeah. So, that's true and I felt the same because for me it was about uh, like the way I was raised like I have everything mm-hmm. alhamdulillah my parents have pride me with everything my mom and dad like raised me to see but I felt like I was so comfortable I was like I'm never so. gonna like boss up so for me it's like right. i need to there's move more to because, life yeah yeah absolutely there's more to life and one it thing that absolutely be. helped me i don't know if we have a similar story there but uh we traveled a lot when i was younger so that helped me yes. so i always knew like there's more to life what that is yeah. crazy alia because yeah. my mom yeah. literally mm. i tell this to everyone they think i'm crazy my mom mm. had this thing where every summer she has seven yeah. kids right she didn't take yeah. all of us, but you know, she, yeah. she did it She did it in her own way. But every oh, summer, my mom made it a pact to take us on a trip. Out of the country. So oh, by the time I'm beautiful. 19, I've been to how many countries already? My mom obviously oh. finished Europe, Canada, yeah. America. Like my mom used to make it such a thing to number beautiful. one, travel, and number two, mm. connect with family. So go and mm. get to know your extended family, your aunts, your uncles. Yes, um, and that is probably, you're right. Well, I never saw the correlation. I, See, a girl, there's so many, we're going to get through them. But same thing, for us, it was because my mom uh, was running a business, and for her, it was always, like, going for a business trip, and she was like, oh, if I'm traveling this much, like, my kids should this travel too, you know? This is mad, Alia, this is crazy, yeah. my mom also ha- had her own business, so I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> and for me, I was blessed because I was the only one for, like, 10 years, and then my brother came, so we were okay. two. So, okay. yes, yeah, so we were not a lot. So, for us, it was, like, two, three times a year, like, we would always go out, because Sorry, travel, because mom will travel even more than that. So for us, she was like, oh, the least I can do is take them, like, somewhere in Christmas. And then sometimes, like, Easter or whatever. And wallahi, like, all the traveling really inspired me. Like, oh, my God, I don't want to live in Sweden. This is not life. This is not life. But there is more to life. Yeah. So how's your transition from the UK to UAE? Because very different. Oh man, it was tough in the beginning. Like, I can't even begin to explain how tough it was. Like, it was just the fact that you... Um, come from like a Western society where you've got just 
so many things are so different. Like you've got freedom of speech, you um, can everything's pretty much system. The system's already set up. Everything's done. Everything's sure. by law and everything. And then you come to a country that is basically brand new, right? So mm. the UAE is right now forty-eight years old. So when I came, I think it was about thirty-nine, forty years that they were oh, celebrating. Wow. So it was still pretty, like pretty new, and everything was yeah, still, yeah. you know. So yeah. just to, I had to unlearn a lot of things, right? So I had to unlearn so much. And it made me really understand what our parents had to go through to literally migrate to a whole new country. Oh, yeah. You know, that that's what we learned, right? That was key. That was <laughs> that was major, you know. So alhamdulillah, I think the transition was difficult, but it was necessary. Definitely mm. necessary. Mm. You know? What was your what was your biggest learning lesson when you uh, moved out? You can think about this question by the way, because I'll I'll touch on it as well. Because for me, when I moved mm. to the UK, my biggest learning lesson for me was like, oh my god, like there's people out there that don't have food in their fridge. Mm-hmm. And I say this, like, honestly, like, from the bottom of my heart, like, I've grown up in the hood, hood mm. and we have never seen a day where, where we don't have electricity or food in our fridge. Right. So when I moved to the UK and I saw my, you know, uh, dear friends or, you know, like, family and uh, relatives, like, going through these struggles and people actually being poor, poor, I'm like, please, mm. Sweden, don't talk about hood. You have no idea yeah. what that means. So that was, for me, like a shock. So like, I came from that. the hood, but I had everything. Well, I, right. I feel like I lived in the hood. Right. No. Um, you see, I, yeah. you see so that opened my eyes. You saw the struggles of people, yeah. Mm. No, I think for me, the, it was, definitely, it was crazy how opposite that was because, you know, mashallah, this is a blessed land. So it wasn't yeah. really about seeing people's struggles. The, the biggest, mm. I think the hardest thing was, I think for me, the, the, the loneliness right because I come mm. from a big family like family, not yeah. only do I have like siblings like mashallah my mom my dad like we have so many siblings and I also have loads of nieces and nephews and um, okay. so even my brother has triplets like I have like a big family uh-huh. and then you've got the aunties and the uncles and mm. the cousins oh, and like you yeah. just always felt every quarter I went like I always felt like fam- the love. familiarity yeah so it was mm. it was um not only the loneliness but accepting that this is the way it's going to be so I had to not only like accept my own space and accept being on my own but um learn to now how do you learn to go and make friends you and we did that mm-hmm. from when we were kids and then it wasn't something that you had to do because if you don't have friends you've got your siblings your cousins they're your first type of friends right so but now you literally Absolutely. have to go out and socialize and really make friends and that was like difficult and hard and because then these people have all come from if you're friends with expats they've all come from different parts of the world and then if you're friends with True. people who live here they speak arabic and there's that language barrier mm. so it was that i think that was the hardest part just accepting the loneliness but now i love 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 this whole peace and quiet and like having my own space <laughs> girl <laughs> I've you it. know what i tell <laughs> my family I'm always like I so obviously I lived on my own for like seven mm-hmm. years like since uh, the time I was living in the UK mm-hmm. and I always said like the whole, nothing makes me happier than coming to a, whole, to a house and it's completely quiet. listen <laughs> and also don't forget I haven't grown up with siblings right, uh, right. like I have siblings but um, I have siblings and then my brother obviously right. but um, we have never actually grown up in the same place all of right, us right. so for me it's always been a little brother and you know he came like 10 years after and then up like 5 or 7 years I moved right, right. Um, so I've never grown up with people around me it was always like just me yeah so for me, peace and quiet is like life. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like a, a very important um, reminder, I think, also just to kind of 
see what works best for you. Because for me, like I'd, I'd be with kids in the classroom and work the whole day. And then I'd come home mm. and I just want that peace. And also, when you do grow up with like loads of siblings and stuff, you can never rely on the food still being in the fridge when you come home. So for me, I knew that like if I put something in the fridge, I came back, it was still there. I couldn't do that in London. Like my brother would eat it, my sister would eat it. <laughs> so now I'm like, you know how mad I used to get if anyone even like moves anything in my room, like I would know. I'm that type of well, person. Well, you're lucky you could get mad. My family would look at me like, why are you getting mad? Like, Mel, like sit down. Like, why are you getting mad? You know? So oh crazy. So tell us about your business. What inspired you to start your business, yeah. and then what also inspired you to write your book? I mean, the business was by accident. I always tell people that. Like, I didn't want. I didn't set out to start a business. I just wanted to do something outside of like the normal nine to five of what children were doing as a routine right because in the uk like i said the uae is everything was new so in the uk you already have um after school clubs and things like that set up for children um you already have centers and things set up but th- there was nothing like that here so um mm-hmm. i just knew that i needed to to give this additional support to the families and to children I just didn't know how. And it required for me to go through the legal channels of actually going, setting up the business, getting the license, doing all of that in order for it to, um, for me to have the, the, the permission to, to do it. So, I mean, it, it was something that I thought would be needed. Uh, not something that I thought mm. people, parents would want, but it became something that they mm. needed. And alhamdulillah, that's probably why I've continued with it. Um, so long and then the book came out of necessity a lot of parents wanted to attend the workshops or wanted to send their kids and things like that because we did workshops mm. for parents and nannies too but no, yeah, no. mashallah but the thing nannies this is a yeah. thing you live in a different world nannies Yo, guys you see nanny, it's like a thing the nanny culture is huge <laughs> like there's not every we did a statistic where we did a research where the st- statistic was uh, one in every three families in the UAE has a nanny one in every three, one in, one three. in every three families no has a nanny. Yep, yep. And this is expats and non-expats, so it's very common, right? Mm-hmm. And that, there's so many. But that's the thing. As an expat, I think you pick up on their culture. Well, isn't yeah, it? but also as an expat, the 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 very the factors are, are different because in the UK you would have family members to help you with the kids, but when you've left and you're, you're on your own, you do need you that support. Really and know, also yeah. remember, as mm-hmm. an expat, you moved here to work, so. You've yeah. still got to go to work and stuff. So it became it became not of the culture, but actually out of necessity as well. So obviously anything to do with um, raising children and stuff, it's it's very important that we had to include nannies and give them the correct training and, and all mm. of that. So the book came as something that parents were like, we need something that if we can't attend your, your events or the workshops, we can yeah. kind of also use. So that's why I thought, let me pen, pen out this book for them. And also I love reading, like... I'm an avid book reader and I thought I've always wanted to be an author. I just wanted to do it in a way that would add value. And if I was to die today, it's something mm. that would live on, you know? So, yeah. inshallah. I hope, I, that, I hope that. And when do you feel like you realise that screen time is actually becoming an addiction for kids? Because that's something we see all right, the time. Right, right. But for you, when was that like the first point you were like, oh, I was wow, definitely in the classroom, bad. 100% in the classroom, because okay. I think that okay. especially the last two years while I was while I, before I resigned, it was becoming more and more mm. common. Um, I, mm. I had kids in my class who were like four or five years old who 
um, would come into school with their iPads. And you know how kids go into school and they put their bags away? Um, they had like the yeah. space to put their bags. They would come into the classroom and I'd be like, okay, bags away, iPads away, bags away, iPads. I found myself saying that more and more. And I'm like, why, why does it come with you? Um, and obviously they, they're using it. A four-year-old. Yeah, I'd, I'd be like, bags away, iPads away. They'd have to close it. And the parents would have a hard time, you know, taking it back. Um, in the car, but it was what they would use in the car ride to school and after school, right? Um, and I remember one case where it was extremely severe. Um, I had a four-year-old girl who's um, who had the same thing, had her iPad, would, would come every morning with her iPad. And she basically, mm. I remember she basically came running into the classroom crying, and it was it was the first thing in the morning, and I was like, "Good morning!" Oh, and I gave her a hug. I was like, "What's wrong?" Her mom came in right behind her, um, and she's like, "Miss Anissa, can I speak to you, please, right now, right now?" Her mom was really agitated, and I welcomed her daughter mm-hmm. in. She went inside. I said, "Don't worry, I'll come right back." I sat her down. Once her daughter was calm, we went into my office to to talk about the issue. Mm-hmm. Clearly, something happened. And she's like, Miss Denisa, I can't yeah. believe this. Look at what my daughter was watching. And she gives me the iPad. And her daughter was on YouTube mm. watching um, a video, like, you know, those how-to videos. And it was uh, How to Kiss a Boy, um, which, was, which was a video that I'm pretty sure she got to after, you know, you just click, click, click and just keep on going. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't, sure it wasn't searched in. Like if yeah. you look at top, nothing yeah. was typed in. It just got to that. And yeah, I said, yeah. well, and I looked yeah. at the mother, and I'm, and she, the mom was like, I'm so mad. How does she find this? How does she do this? And and I didn't want to stand there and be like, well, who bought the iPad and who who you know put the Wi-Fi in? Yeah. Because that's the most <laughs> obvious thing you could say. I didn't want to say that. True. Um, and True. then I was just kind of I looked at her and I was like, I understand your frustration, but now what do we do about it? Mm. And then so that that conversation that we had and the way that I approached it, she was like, it asked, mm. it, it, she was asking herself that question. She was waiting for mm. me. It was sad because she was waiting for me to be like, no, you're right. And kind of just go on and bashing the situation. Right. But I automatically mm. went from, I get it. I understand. What do we do? And that mm. was where she was like, well, I yeah. don't know. Like, where do I take her? What do I do? And that was when we were like, it was like a light bulb moment of like this is an issue the fact that of it becoming a business came later on but the realization of it being an issue because it was it's definitely something that that like the way that we looked at it was like if the door if her door was sick take her to the doctors or if she did something bad or like illegal or somebody did something wrong you take them to you know where to go to fix certain things but where do you go when your daughter who's four years old is on her ipad watching a video of how to kiss a boy who do you tell? Yeah. Right? That's so the, that was, the, I think, yeah. the light bulb moment yeah. there. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And another thing that we're going to move on uh, to is the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. I know how big mm-hmm. you are on that. Um, how did you come across it and how has it um, helped you? Like, I didn't even know life? that that's what it was called, right? Because I think you and I had this conversation and okay. I was just kind of like, I don't really know if that's what it... Because, you know, I don't like to just go through, go with coined phrases, right? I don't like to be in the cliche of like... Yeah, da, 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 yeah. da. I wanted to... Um, mm-hmm. I, I told the story already, but like, you know, me going and going through a hard time and having to just face my issues yeah. and face my problems... 
And that was the first time I came into mm -hmm. contact with the term um, speaking something that you want to happen into existence, right? And that's what I'm all about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every five seconds, mm -hmm. um, I might just make some t-shirts. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, so, see, always, always business. Like we never stop. This is <laughs> we're always Ever, always for monetizing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so basically, I um, I started believing in. The, the power of speaking things into existence because as a Muslim we're always taught to pray make dua and all of that right but in your lowest of lowest moments is when you realize the things that can actually see you through it right so if, whether it's heartbreak whether it's mm. death whether it's whatever it is your lowest moments is mm -hmm. when the light comes and that light that comes at that lowest moment is the light you remember the most right so for me it was sure. the combination of speaking something into existence that mm. I needed to, to practically save me, right? And when I had that, mm. that moment mm. of realization and, and Allah provided when I needed it, not when I wanted it, was when I was like, okay, this is something that is real. Think something, believe mm. in it, pray on it, speak it into existence, it's real. Yeah. And then upon yeah. talking about that is when I came across people like, what you're saying is the law of attraction. I'm like, who is that? What is that? Then, of course, I did the usual reading yeah. the book of The Secret and um, kind of having the whole thing of like seeing, you know, people, different people's perspective on it. I'm also a huge fan of Lisa Nichols. I don't know if you if you know her. She's a motivational speaker. Yes, I love yes. her. Um, and she speaks Absolutely. highly about it. And she's one of the... Sorry, babe. Double check your headphones. Sorry, because I can hear something else. Oh, I'm sorry. Neighbors. Sister, everybody is home at the moment. Uh, can you hear me? Sorry. Ah, uh, it's the neighbors. Okay, so wow. The, okay, okay, go on, continue. I just thought you were no, the neighbors. Go. Everybody's <laughs> around right now. Um, so yeah, no. So Lisa wow. Nichols was honestly um somebody who was a pinnacle point to um breaking it down. She broke it down into like mm -hmm. things that you could understand. So that was how I. What about you? How did yeah. you get into it? um the law of attraction i think through my personal development i was mm -hmm. reading about different topics and i'm very big on yes. vision boards um and part of the vision board is to speak things into existence right, and that's how i right. it. Uh, it was through my coaches and yeah. my mentors and yeah like speaking things into existence and that's another thing i was going to talk about but uh, do you also believe in like the fact that if you say bad right things, so this is my everybody always asks me how does it work good or bad right so I, I always yeah, tell the yeah, story yeah. of my friend. She's like, can you stop telling the story because it's too real? She's one of those people who are mm. um, um, always thinking about the worst. Always. Give her any topic. Mm. Any oh, topic. We all have those. Yeah. <laughs> and she's such a smart girl. I always tell her, you've got to stop this, right? So she'll always, like, for example, I'll give you a good example. I'll say to her, we need to go um, to the supermarket and we need to go and get a couple of things. We're going to have a barbecue today. Before we, we do anything, she'll be like, oh, but the weather, imagine it rains. We're in the UAE, right? The imagine it oh rains. My God. Uh, imagine we don't find I the products can't. we need to find. Imagine we can't start the fire. Imagine oh Everything she says happens. Always, yeah. right? And I'm it's just so kind dangerous. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I, I, we got yeah. to a point where I was like, I would, I would do the action, tell her the plan later. I'd just be like, just come. Just whatever, right? Mm. And so I ha it got to a point where she would yeah. see. So the way I say it to everyone is, what you put energy into, what your heart believes, what your mind conceives, mm. is what happens. If you want to put it on negativity mm. and distraught and this is why, these are the many reasons why something's not going to work out and excuses and stuff, then that's 
what's going to happen. It's not about, is this speaking into existence bad or good, or can you speak bad things into existence? It's what you put your energy behind, right? And if you think about Thank it logically, you. this is the most yeah, simplest yeah. thing I can always say to everybody, right? We're speaking things into existence mm. every time we speak. It's not, it's not, yeah. it only becomes mm. relevant if it's something we love, if the guy that we want to love us is something we're trying to speak into existence or the money we want is something we're trying to speak into existence. Those are big things. Yeah. But from the moment we wake up okay. in the morning, even before we wake up, the night before, we're like, tomorrow I'm going to wake up, i got to get, mm. uh, try, brush my teeth, have my cup of tea, get ready for work, yeah. go to work. Mm. At some point, you spoke all of that into existence, even if you didn't say it, it's in your mind, right? And you've done it. So that's the same mm. thing, the same concept I always say mm. about speaking things into existence and how it works. It's really that simple, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another one I always use is like, you know how we mm-hmm. say we want things in life? Like, for example, for me, um, something simple as like, okay, uh, like my Australian trip, like right. that's something I always had in my head. I knew I wanted to speak in Australia. I wanted to be on stage in Australia. Mm. I know I wanted to... Um, you know create something and create a conference in Australia and I did that right but that's something that came into like my lap after a few years because I kept speaking into existence it was on my vision board Australia always been there like that's a simple thing but another one could be also Mm -hmm. sometimes we want something right like Mm -hmm. for me it's been my car Um, like oh I want that specific car I want that specific car so there's a car I've been literally wanting for the past three years I would say now and I oh, see it all the oh, time and it just pops up it just pops up and then alhamdulillah like I was in the position like a few months ago to actually purchase the car and it happened oh my god like I'm here actually getting the car and it's coming Allah, Allah, Allah. Allah. and by the time you guys listen to this I have it and there's a certain <laughs> yeah, like, sweetness just there's a those sweetness small thing. there's a sweetness to when you get yeah. it and you Absolutely. come and this is my thing right the way yeah. I see it is I combine that yeah with tawakkal mm-hmm. trust in allah and uh, trust in whichever absolutely. god you believe in just yeah, that trust in god and that thing that yeah. you want when those two go things yeah. go hand in hand because as muslims we believe that your your prayer to god is yeah. just three ways either it's answered straight away or either it's delayed but you get it or it stops something else that's bad or mm-hmm. wasn't meant to be to happen to you right but at the same time you add mm-hmm. to that that the, that the power of prayer has ha- Prayer has the power to change your destiny. So if you if you take all of that in Very and true. tell me after listening to all of that, mm. you don't believe in speaking something into existence, then I'm sorry, friend, I can't help you. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. Thank no you for way. that breakdown. Another thing mm. we very much have in common is we both hey, love traveling. Guys, you know, like for the fact that I have to, by the way, we're in quarantine <laughs> by the time we're like recording this, just so you guys know. So me and Anissa have been speaking already like, oh, so the first trip we, yeah. we can go on We already is... know. I always keep telling everybody the day that I'm allowed to fly, and, I'm sorry. Yeah. For all the snaps you're going to see, you know. Oh, God, we're going. The fact that I have to cancel all my trips is like give me anxiety, but I understand life happens. So yes, tell me what does traveling do for yeah. you? I mean, I have a I have a very yeah. special relationship to traveling. I always say that to people, and people don't understand what it's done mm. for me. Mm. I mean, I, going I I think when I was talking yeah. about it the other day with my friend, and I was like, I think I've been to about nearly forty countries. Um, wow! Yeah, First I of all, I need to the only place that I haven't been to South America, certain countries in Africa, more well, most of Africa. In South America, mm. but I think I've done every other continent, and so. Th- but I'm not saying that to be like, oh, yeah. look at me, look at me. no. It really isn't that. 
my mom obviously instilled no, no. it in us, right? To the point mm. where, like, she would make sure that every summer mm. holiday we'd go somewhere and travel somewhere. I even remember one summer my mom yeah. couldn't afford the trip, so she made us go to Birmingham. Like, it was just something oh. for her to always, like, we lived in London to go to another city. Yeah, to she get always out. did yeah. that. So when I moved here, uh, I'm going to share yeah. this quick um, yeah. thing that, that happened. Um, the first two years mm. I was dating my ex-husband mm. before I got married, and I... Um, the only mm. place I traveled to was home and um, Canada and I went to Hong Kong mm. to see my friend. Those are the only trips I took because I was married to, well, mm. while we were dating, this is while we were dating and married. So those five years, I only ever went home and the other two places mm. were Canada and Hong Kong. The reason being was I, was, I got married to somebody mm. who didn't really um, understand my love for traveling and I kind of suppressed it, right? For, for him, okay. it was more of you travel, because mm. there's a lot of people that believe you travel for necessity. If you don't have to travel, why are you traveling, right? Yeah. Oh my God, and you know Somalis, my dad is like that. We believe that. Like, like we land Sorry, somewhere, dad. we never move. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people <laughs> that are like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To him, it's like, he does not oh, understand yeah. my traveling yeah, every day. I, I definitely like, believe that, babe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. the minute that um, mm-hmm. everything went wrong with my, with my marriage, whatever, it was like my traveling switch went mm-hmm. on maximum, right? I literally attempted in that blessing upon blessings. I will say this. Traveling is not expensive. People believe it's expensive, but it isn't. You just got to be smart about it. Oh, my God. This is yeah. why you and I are going to be besties. It's not I can't. I keep telling you it's the same thing. Right. It is and your, your priorities, right? You've got to just check it's it out. Right. I've you. never once in my life bought Thank anything you, that is a name brand. or ex- I don't care for clothes. I don't care for any of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I say that all the if time, Anita. Anything, my thing is I rather 100%. pay like 10 oh, 1, for, for oh, 100%. And for it's funny, if I'm there's sorry. anything that I have, period. period, you better tell it. <laughs> if there's any designer thing that I have, I promise yeah. you it was a gift. It's, I will never <laughs> go into a shop and yeah. buy something. Like, I'm not like oh, that. Oh, God. I don't even right. know. I'd rather spend my money. So basically, yeah. I was blessed. I'm, yeah, you know, you've got you to figure out, you know, how to do it. Blessed enough to know a couple of people um, who uh, tra- who work for, you know, some airlines in the UAE, Etihad Airlines and stuff. So I would be like, okay, yeah. this month. So the, 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 when my divorce happened, well, when I was going through the divorce, whatever, I started in Bali, right? That first month, I mm. went to Bali for 10 days. And then, wallahi, mm. every month for a whole year, I went to a different country. I went to, you name it, I went to. I went to Bali. I went to Turkey. The only place, the only place I Bas- still have yet Bas- to go, that's what Turkey's on my mind, is Turkey and Morocco, right? Mm. Those two places I still have yet to go. But I did Bali, I did mm. Vietnam, I did Seychelles, mm. I did um, Geneva, I did Singapore, Malaysia. I think I've done, especially Asia, I've done most of Asia, except South Korea. I've, right. Because mm. you're closer to but it. But there's a point that's to, the part to I what I'm to... saying of where that's I've cool. traveled. I've traveled to these places. Apart from Seychelles, mm. it was uh, my friend's birthday. Most of these places I've traveled to by myself. Mm. And the point... <laughs> Guys, the reason. Solo trip. Solo no, trip. Do I know? No, now, wait, 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 wait. Let me, I going. have to get to this because now I might, I might actually get against what you're saying. So I did. I did a good two, okay, like, okay. two years of solo trips, right? To these places. And I always pick these places like safe yeah. areas and do my research. So don't worry. Like, people, like my family know where I'm at, as, you know, all of these things, right? Of course. Yeah, um, just but yeah. I did all of that so that I can kind of have that in my system and have that mm. whole relationship with myself of doing that now now especially after Absolutely. australia i am more open to traveling mm. with people but specific 
and like-minded individuals. That was the lesson. <laughs> I can just hear the shade in that, but okay, go on. <laughs> it is incredibly important, incredibly important to really... Yeah, yeah, you have to travel. <laughs> but can I also say, like, I'm not, no. I'm not against Always like, do it. solo traveling or, like, traveling with people. My thing is that people need to get 100%. to know themselves. Like, you need a quiet 100%. time. You don't need to be around people. That, mm-hmm. So people like you may have traveled alone for so long absolutely like i'm not gonna lie like, i'll show you for the first time for me where we were like so many first of all okay. <laughs> and also i have traveled with my friends like out of all my right. trips every year i always do like two right. or three a with family when you get married with a partner friend, you know? i mean that's also so needed. it's needed you know but that is with partner, for women and i yeah. always say this for young women before Definitely. marriage please if you can take a couple of trips mm-hmm. to places where your family does not live this is key. You haven't got that that something mm. to lean on. Mm. You've literally thrown yourself in the deep end. This yeah. is incredibly important to build mm. your character. And I feel like who I am today and everything I've gone through today is because of all those trips. And and it was all short trips. It doesn't have to be two weeks, ten, you know, four days here, yeah. five days here, you know? No. <laughs> oh my god Anissa that's all I do four days is like my thing yeah. and then I do like five six right. matches and if, and if you I plan really it oh, baby yeah. we have but, to wrap no, up all I was going to say is yeah, if you plan course. it well you can do it well you know so no worries yeah yes definitely. plan ahead I always say that plan you ahead. do like, I plan my trip like six three months ahead minimum I know I know yeah. sometimes a year ago trust me uh, mm-hmm. my last last question before we wrap up you yeah see, we you talk a lot me, guys how long is it gonna no, take we, talk, we like could talk for minutes, hours but... <laughs> honestly <laughs> we could talk for hours mm-hmm. so last one what advice would you give mm-hmm. a young girl or a guy who is trying to pursue their dreams but feel discouraged by yeah. their family or friends or like, i think the know, only advice that, them, I, that i could yeah. give to anybody like that is to honestly find your purpose and as much as people always say go find your purpose like Mm. it's a treasure hunt no everybody knows what their purpose is but allow it to to come out into fruition Mm. what is it that you love to do what is it that if you could wake up every day Mm. to do what would what would that be i always even say if i gave you if i gave you my phone right now and asked you to search something on youtube what what would you search what is it the thing that brings you the most joy can you do can you replicate this Thing, mm. whether it's being an artist or singing whatever whatever it is you know what it is find your purpose pray on your purpose speak your purpose into existence and live life for you not for anybody else because that is key for your own happiness you know that. so i hope that absolutely. helps Nadia. <laughs> beautiful absolutely thank you so much thank for being you. on here and sharing your story and all Thank these you. advice and tips and everything. So tell yes. people, where can they follow, follow you? Where can they connect with you? My personal page, Anissa underscore Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Um, you can cool. also follow the business at mm-hmm. Unplugged Initiative um, on on all Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So, yeah. And um, where are you most active? So it's like, ask that question. Yes. Instagram, mm-hmm. cool. So Instagram, and I'm gonna put it yes, um, in the description box thank as well. Thank you. So thank you so much for your time, and thank you for tuning in, guys. <laughs> I hope you found this session beneficial. I always bring on people that I genuinely feel like can benefit you guys, and she's one of them that inspired me, and I hope she inspired. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time, Anita.